Хей, Том! Привет, Стив! Ребята, я надеюсь, у вас получится отличное шоу. Вы же всегда заставляете меня смеяться. to Masters of Profundication. I'm Tom with them. I'm Steve Piles. And as tradition goes, we're ill-prepared to talk about anything at the top of our podcast. You goddamn... Oh, no, wait. I take that back. We're super prepared because this is the podcast that you've been waiting for. All abortion, all the time. Oh, that's Everything right. Everything yeah. you want to know about abortion, strap yourself in because we're yep, going to we talk gonna... nothing... Yep, we were going to get really political. <laughs> we were going to talk about Supreme Court decisions. We were going to talk about doctor's office visits. We were going to talk about the aftermath. We were going to go right... Yep, what you know, what the fans have been clamoring for, what everybody wants to yep. hear. Yep, <laughs> from each country. <laughs> yes, uh, that's good. <laughs> we're multinational. Goddamn right, right we well, are. Well, we're not, our audience, but that makes us multinational. I think we are our audience. We have been incorporated into their lives. Their consciousness. We're like a plague, a virus that worms its way in and then spreads. Speaking of that, um, I'm listening to a great podcast. It's actually nine episodes long. It's called The End of the World. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me you had Ebola or something. Okay, never mind. I had Ebola soup. Aha! I like it. (laughs) I had Ebola cereal. no, it's a really good podcast. It's actually um, when we get into the philosophical part of our podcast, I wanted to bring up a couple of little uh, little tidbits from it. But um, it basically talks about it's Josh Clark from Stuff You Should Know. Have you ever listened okay. to that? Yes. Yeah, and he it's basically uh, an essay that he wrote that he's basically just recites. It's not like it, and it's set to some music. You know how like what was it you're. The end of the world. The end of the world. Okay. It's technically called the end of the world with Josh Clark, but I don't think Josh <laughs> is going to be there for me when the world ends. Uh, he promised. It's in the name. It is, and I listen to the podcast, so he owes me. Yeah. Hell yeah. Unlike Just us, like, who owe nobody anything. Anyway. That's right, because we are ad free. That's you take what you can get, and you'll like it. Uh, but it talks about um, how the end of the world is going to come. Like, how is it going to happen? And he goes through many of the ways that it can happen. And one of them is a plague. Ghost apocalypse. Ghost ninja apocalypse. Because they've got to sneak up on us. Nothing worse than ninjas sneaking up on you. Yeah, crap. (laughs) That was short-lived. Are you still there? I'm I'm here. Okay, because it froze for a second. It froze for a second, but I think it's okay now. Was it me or was it you? Yes. For a second. I thought the what? world had ended. That was poignant. I liked it. Yeah. We talked about ghosts and ninjas, and they the man shut us down. Well, I think we're on to something. We came, we hit a little too close to home. Yeah. I think that was a warning, just a shot across the bow. Yeah. So we'll... Like, whoa, whoa. You're steering into too, too real a territory is what I the message I got. Yeah. The message I got was pump the brakes. No more of this talk about ghost ninjas. Right. Okay. So... Message received. Let's yep. talk about... And we are nothing but servants to our master, so... Mm-hmm. 
So we're going to steer the clear of that and talk about the chipmunk apocalypse. <laughs> you know, of all the apocalypses, I think that that one might be my favorite. Yeah, I mean, they never wore pants. That's horrifying. I'm not, I'm not talking about like actual animals. I'm talking about Chip and Dale. Oh, I was thinking more like an uh, actual chipmunk. Now, when a chipmunk wore pants, would the pants cover all four legs <laughs> or just the back two? That's the eternal question. Like, how chipmunks wear their pants? As long as the junk is covered, I don't think it matters which way. It's just personal aesthetic preference. So, are they called pants then? Pantsuit? Is it? I mean, is it like we're, a, we're we're flying pretty loose here with if the you word cover pants. all four legs, it's more like a boat, right? Like a canoe, uh, chipmunk canoes. You know, there's nothing like just sailing easy down the river in a chipmunk <laughs> canoe, which is, of course, a canoe made of chipmunks. Yes, which would start the chipmunk apocalypse. Once they see that, they're like, "Oh, we can't live with you anymore." It's the sign of the chipmunk apocalypse. Enact the secret plans. Order sixty six. <laughs> Of chipmunks. When the chipmunks finally turn on us. Wearing Our trusted pants. allies betraying us. All we thought you wanted was the nuts. Little well, did we know that you actually wanted right. the nuts. <laughs> All we wanted was safe passage across this river. Yeah. In in your canoe. <laughs> in your buoyant little bodies. Little bastards. You see, folks, this is the kind of conversation we have on a normal <laughs> basis. <laughs> that, that right there is a prime example of lunchtime. At work. <laughs> how how would you traverse the rivers using nothing but dead rodents? Well, well, whoa, 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 whoa. I never implied that they were dead chipmunks. Oh. A canoe made silly of live chipmunks. <laughs> oh, yes. That's much more horrifying. I love it. <laughs> like, do chipmunks scream? Because I think eh, we'll find out. They make a screaming sound. They definitely Scientists would. still don't know whether the screaming is a just you know. a screaming, bloody, frothing, furry boat sailing down the river. <laughs> and just you sitting there paddling. And the paddle's like a freaking pelican that you stuck a stick down its throat. Yeah. Because why not? What else are you going to use? Pelican paddle, chipmunk boat. Yes. <laughs> and just smile at all the people watching. Yeah. I'm not crazy <laughs> at all. No. So, Bobby, what's that sound? That's I'm just going. a screeching chipmunk boat, son. That's the last thing you hear before you die, son. <laughs> it's the sound of the apocalypse. Yep. <laughs> Everybody get your umbrella. Uh, see, that's originality for you. That's, that's Oh, you're not going to get that anywhere else. No. If you're listening right now, raise your hand. You know, it's it's important. Raise your hand if you've ever heard live chipmunk canoe pelican panel. Yeah. If you've well, ever I mean, heard that. Yeah. Honor system before. here people yeah on our system you'll know if you're lying and so will i but that's a whole different discussion right uh so anyway the end of the world yeah with josh clark we'll get into that later when i'm talking about my philosophy point mm, i like it on to news okay if you were gonna i was gonna yeah good morning vietnam mobile news at 11.30, with your hosts, Chipmunk Canoe and Pelican Paddle. Has been spotted again. Resident <laughs> front scared. The uh, government says there's nothing we can do. Just stay out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what helps it float are those pants. Because denim, yeah, denim. once it gets wet, it's uh, it traps the air in. Yeah, I was going to say, you can make balloons out of denim pants. So you can make this funnel where the, all the little pants 
are connected and you just you have a spout and you blow into it periodically to keep it inflated like a um bagpipe yeah like and the spout would be have to i don't know what would the spout be mad of more chipmunks i guess so you're just blown into the chipmunk why not <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> um anyway so in other news mm-hmm. um oh august 30th tool has a new album coming out i'm pretty excited about that have you heard any of the tracks ahead of time yes two of them are they good yes uh they great they're great um okay. they've been playing them live at their shows uh because they've been playing some festivals and so they've been rolling out these new songs and you know because of the internet people have recorded them and put them on the internet some people have done some fantastic like sound work to make them sound like studio hmm. songs pretty good pretty good um so this is a message to my future self uh, who is actually debating on whether or not to listen to this podcast again or the tool album just go ahead and listen to that new tool album because it's going to be great actually I, i'm from the future yeah and i'm telling okay. you it's good it's good it's great from the future giving a pass to another future version of i know i got you that makes sense yeah yeah that's how it works yeah it's time travel man time Don't travel questions it works totally works <laughs> Don't ask any questions, especially the Avengers. It works for yep. you. <laughs> Have we had a podcast since we've both watched the Avengers Endgame? I I don't know. Well, I feel like we could just treat it like we treat Star Wars. We'll just talk about it over and over again until everybody's sick of it. So, yes. <laughs> well, I think we're going to talk about it ad nauseum later. So, it's probably um, going to come up, I'm sure. Yeah. Do you have anything you want to talk about? Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I've been moderately underprepared for tonight's. Oh, shindig. I I apologize. Okay. Well, I was just going to go on a monologue about global domination, but, you know, we can talk about other things. That's fine. Just no, have at it. Dominate that globe. Um, or is it a globe? It could be flat. Jury's still out. Yeah. What's up with that? Flat. What's what's the deal with people thinking the earth is flat? Like, I feel like people, it's, it's like every other thing like that. People want to feel like they're special. So they have the rarefied knowledge and they, uh, they're in the know and they want to hold it over everybody else. You fool, you sheep, you, they would say with that sneer to their voice, the curl to their lip. You sheep, you think the earth is a bouncing ball floating through space, but you are dead wrong because the earth is flat. And I know for reasons. I like the guy that said, I will pay $100,000 to anybody who can go prove that the earth is round by doing x y and z and x y and z was fly from certain points to certain points proving that it's a globe Mm -hmm. and so this person did it and was put their stuff on youtube and was basically like i'm ready for my hundred grand and and then the person who said he was going to give a hundred grand was like ah but there's other things that you have to do too (laughs) Uh yeah that was just step one and that technically would prove that earth is round but there's not everything so screw you I like the guy that shot himself. Uh, he was in a rocket and he shot himself into, I don't know, a couple hundred feet in the air. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all do you, you, do you Do you know the story about the guy that, whose dream all his life was to get in a homemade rocket and shoot himself into space? But he knew that this was like an impossible task. So he uh, scammed the flat earth people or something. He scammed the flat yeah, earth people. Yeah, I heard that. I think that's fantastic. He, that's awesome. Basically said, hey, 
listen, if you give me the cash to build a rocket to shoot myself into space, I'll snap a picture and prove that the earth is flat. So they sponsored <laughs> him. And that's not even the best part of the story. The best part of the story is this guy's lifelong dream to shoot himself into space. And basically he just shot himself like, like a thousand feet in the air. Did he fucking die? No, he was he parachuted. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, okay. That's cool. Yeah. We yeah. <laughs> lifelong dream realized. Peace out, bitches. <laughs> oh, by the way, the earth is round. Eat. <laughs> Suck us. I like it. Yep. So if you had to take over the world, then you said global domination. If you had to take over, where would you start? Not how. No, no. Where? Probably my house. I'd probably start right here by you getting had to take over your house. Yes. I would have to <laughs> first take over my wife and kids yeah which that is (laughs) probably the hardest after that it's all gravy yeah Um, there you go you know a journey starts with one step right sure baby steps oh now would be a great time to talk about the movies that you haven't seen what about bob that sounds hurtful why would you why would you do that no because it's not no you're just like oh you haven't seen this let's like dredge it up still <laughs> haven't seen okay. toy story let's talk about that <laughs> let's let's peel this away shall we Never saw dirty dancing let's bring that up too no wait okay now you're bringing them up <laughs> 16 candles never saw that so i'm trying to make this easier on you and you're not helping <laughs> dad never do that i'm trying to say that, Fuck that there is a stigma about people who haven't seen other movies that say is endearing to another person. Okay. For example, the money pit. Yeah. No, I have watched that movie a hundred times easy. And I love that movie. I can quote that movie. It's a huge chunk of my childhood. I'm very nostalgic about it. It's Tom Hanks and Shelley long for Christ's sake. It's a, it's a classic. It's, it's this great, great, great comedy. And I hold it in such high regard that when you say to me, mm. I, I haven't mm. bothered to take time out of my life <laughs> to enjoy this little treat of a movie that you Look, love. Is that no, what I'm saying? Like why, like, why do we get so offended? Like, when you say to somebody, oh, I've never seen Saving Private Ryan. Well, you're not a real American. That movie was perfect. That was the best movie ever made. It was the real version of every war movie you've ever seen. Yeah, but uh, you you know what I mean, right? Like, no, people, it's it's people take personal offense to the fact that you never saw a movie. If you like, even it, though even though you might have had a good reason, like microwaving forks and tinfoil balls. <laughs> <laughs> I also never saw cocktail, but I did not have a good as good a reason as you did. So, but you know what I mean. You get yeah, the point. Yeah. Like. You know, because you've invested, if you like something, you've invested a part of yourself into it. It's become a little slice of your soul. And to have somebody not say they didn't like it, because at least they gave it their time, right? Yeah. At least you could say, okay, you gave it a fair shake and I can respect that. But to say something, it wasn't even worth my time. That's a slap in the face, right? Yeah. Like, I, I love guess. this thing and it's not even worth your time. It's the same thing as saying, having somebody say, you know, if you have like a religious belief, because your love of the money pit is a religious belief. That's what I'm about to go <laughs> to that territory Let's here. Let's do it. Like a religious belief. It's like I've invested 
so much into this thing to have somebody say, yeah, I don't, I don't believe in it is more of a slap in the face than to have somebody say, I can see where you're coming from, but I just haven't been convinced if you, okay. If I, I didn't explain it that well, but like to I have somebody that. just dismiss no, it entirely like, Oh, that's, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard of. I've never mind. And just walk away. It's like, that's more of a slap in the face. And somebody's like, listen, it sounds like it's valid on the surface, but I've examined it. And I just got to say, it doesn't hold true for me. They're like, okay, I, I guess I can see that. So yeah, you're the money pit is the church of Shelley long. That's that's you're an inducted member and you're preaching the word. Yes. And the word just bouncing off my force field. That's, that's what's happening. Listen, I'm going to say Shelley long again tonight. It's going to happen. You could, you could shorten it. It save time to say schlong. <laughs> I promise you that I'm going to say Shelley Long or Schlong again tonight. Tank, tanks and Schlong. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a good buddy comedy. I like that. Tanks, tanks and Schlong. Ouch! Damn tanks. it, Tanks. Watch where you're going. You rolled over me again. Tanks and Schlong, get it on. <laughs> yeah. Part one Chipmunk Apocalypse. <laughs> right in the pit. <laughs> um, so here, let me let me just let let's do some role play right now. You ready? All right. Okay. I'm a naughty warden, and you. Oh wait. Okay. What's your name, naughty warden? Commander Crankshaft. <laughs> okay, Commander Crankshaft. <laughs> I'm uh uh I'm Private Schlong. Let's make <laughs> this easy. So yeah, Commander yeah. Crankshaft and Private Long Schlong. Private Schlong. Yes. And uh, and you're the naughty warden, eh? <laughs> so, Private Schlong, I hear you've been keeping contraband in your money pit, if you know what I mean. <laughs> okay, so you're Commander Crankshaft. <laughs> okay, Commander Crankshaft. <laughs> I, uh, I just wanted to uh, tell you something. Yeah. I, I've never seen Spaceballs. Private Schlong? <laughs> I, I, cannot tell, I cannot abide this in my facility. <laughs> I order you to comb the desert to find your faith and your truth in the Schwartz and your Schwartz. <laughs> well, okay. So this is a little. This is a little. We're riffing back and forth here. Uh, what uh, does you bring Commander... the fourth wall, man? <laughs> how does it. how does Commander Crankshaft feel about the fact that Private Schlong has not seen Spaceballs? Commander Crankshaft wants to take Private Schlong. And slap. Wait, is Private Schlong a guy or a girl? It's Shelly Long. It's, right? it's 2019, man. You can't ask those questions. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Even, <laughs> even in this little role play, <laughs> that's there's right. no chance. There's no chance. All right. Nope. Commander Crankshaft is going to take Private Schlong and slap his theoretical space balls around the room <laughs> and tell Private Schlong. Whoever they may be realizes <laughs> that I am your brother's uncle's cousin's father's former roommate. Ah, nice. I just picture that. Lone Star. But okay, so Commander Crankshaft in this scenario is a little bit upset. Uh, yeah, I see what you did. You see what I did there? <laughs> you see, you led me by the path, by the by the hand down the path, and by the hand on the pants. Yes. <laughs> The hands on my space balls, and I, I, I see the light. So, I have no idea what we're talking about right I, now. <laughs> I lost that about ten minutes ago. I just gave up all hope. I mean, we were talking about <laughs> personal or ownership. 
this did have a point. I think there was a segue coming, and we. we well, there was we, a segue, we, but we would have grasped at it, and it's it's slipped through our fingers. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring her in for a landing. You ready? All right, all right. Uh, throttle Do it at down. ludicrous speed. Make sure for its ludicrous <laughs> speed when we're coming. No, no, no. We're gonna uh, put the flaps down, land the gears down, throttle down. We're getting ready to land this baby. You ready? Here it comes. Go from suck to blow. <laughs> uh, so there's this TV show called Game of Thrones. That was this TV show called Game of Thrones. Well, it still exists. I don't. I, I don't think that's true. They just got rid of it completely. <laughs> they all copies, the tapes. Yeah, all the film, the film, all the reels are up in smoke. All the silver nitrate up, burning to the heavens. But <sighs> there were a lot of people who were upset at the final season, mm-hmm. and in more particular the last episode of Game of Thrones. And I think part of that is the fans who have spent the last nine to 10 years of their life watching, paying attention to, flushing out the finer details of a TV show that was brilliantly crafted. Right. And they felt an ownership. Yes. And this ownership was not fulfilled. I guess Mm -hmm. at the end. And that's one of the reasons why it was so bad. Because if you took somebody, I'll, we have somebody at work that we, we talk about routinely who has no idea that we talk about him, Mm -hmm. who has kind of come into the game late on certain things, whether it's Star Wars, Game of Thrones, or, or series like that. And it's almost like he gets to enjoy the things that we, dismiss or hate about certain things and i think he does it because he comes in so late and does not have that same ownership doesn't have the long view perspective i would say yeah 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 so that's kind of what we're talking about today so yeah so when we conceived this topic tom did and i jumped on board because i'm a follower (laughs) but uh (laughs) but the way i pictured it was uh what i say step up or shut up so like what would we do we've seen these things that disappointed us like you want to hear my take on the last jedi go back a dozen episodes and you can hear two hours of me ranting about the last jedi so i'm not going to rehash that ground but it's in the same category of you anticipate and you hope for and you put all your your pin on your hopes on this thing that is ultimately pointless and meaningless in the grand scheme of your life but you've got this investment like you said this sense of ownership mm-hmm. and then it comes and it appears and it it's so bad that you're like if you feel betrayed and and because you feel betrayed you feel angry and because you feel angry you feel like you need to vent and find a source and a target to to you know fume this anger upon and it's poison and it's toxic and it builds up in your cells and you have all these skin problems and you age before your time and then you start to rot from the inside out and you stink and people smell you when you're walking down the street they look at you and they're going oh my god is that guy rotting did he did he not shower in a week is he is he diseased and you're like no last jedi and or people know game of thrones and they're like yes yes well i feel them i feel their pain because that's exactly how i felt when i watched the final season or more importantly the last episode of game of thrones Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and there are a lot of factors that go into the we can justify the writers not giving it their all the writers 
wanting to shut it down so they could go on to other projects and stuff like that. But do they owe the fans anything? See, this is where my idea came in. I think this topic naturally leads to the topic of fan service. Like, what is fan service? Is fan service can be good, can be bad? When's it been good? When's it been bad? You know, do you need it? Is there a fine line to walk? So when I say fan service, what do you think of? Just to define our terms. For me, fan service is more important at the tail end of whatever form of entertaining. I think of fan service as we have built a world for you to escape to. Mm -hmm. And there are certain things that are going to happen in this world and certain things that aren't. And the things that aren't are going to surprise you. And that's what's going to be enjoyable about this show. What, what, like that will be half of what's enjoyable about this show mm-hmm. or movie or book or song or whatever. Half of it is going to be, we're going to surprise you. The other half is we're going to give you what you expect because people like that. Cause you're invested, right? You're invested. So let, I'll just to give you an example of fan service for me, um, would be the matrix. Okay. Okay. Yeah. They, they knocked it out of the park with the first one. And what was good about the first one was the Kung Fu, yeah, the, the action and stuff like that. And they brought that back in the form of CG. There was a scene <laughs> in the second one called the Burly Brawl. And it was a little bit ambitious. Um, it was Neo. And anybody that hasn't seen The Matrix, please pause and go watch all three movies. We'll wait. Yeah, it'll be quick. You got six, seven hours to kill, right? Yeah. It's fine. Just do it. Okay. Thanks for returning. Good job. Great. So now you know what I'm talking about. So in the second mm-hmm. movie, Neo fights, I don't know, hundreds of Agent yep. Smiths, right? On the rooftop. Yep. I know. I, that's exactly what I was thinking when you started saying. Yeah. So this is entirely fan service. This, this is not a particularly good use of cgi it's not mm-hmm. bad for the time it's for not great it it was super duper ambitious and probably could have been left out of the movie they're they're really like it was something cool for the fans to see that's it that was yeah 100 fan service it was hey look this badass hero that at the end of the first movie you realize is almost all powerful now we're going to show you just how powerful he became yes and he he fights off hundreds of Agent Smiths. Yep. And, and that's like the ultimate fan service for me. And that's, it's a showing you like this hero that you're invested in. Yes. He's truly like going to kick some ass. Yes. But what's the problem with that? That it wasn't good. It was. Well, besides the bad CGI, which at the time, even at the time, you're like, shit, I'm just watching a cartoon or a video game or something like that at this point, aren't I? Yeah. It was, it was too much. It started, that was the, as a divergence for me, that was the movie that started the idea of, Wow, you could really go overboard on the CGI, can't you? Yeah. The CGI fest, you know, let's go like that one. And I remember the second Spider-Man, which was actually a pretty good movie. But when him and Doc Ock really started going at it for the first time, like at the bank and shit like that, Mm -hmm. it became you're just watching two CGI characters jumping around. It was too much. It was it was it was too much. But divergence anyways. But the problem with that, like the Matrix thing was how do you challenge a hero like that, you know, like we've, we've done the fan service. We've given you this overarching, all powerful hero. 
now where's the sense of impending doom? Where's the like where where's it all go from here? Yeah. That was and, relatively early on in the second of a trilogy. Where do you go from there? It became really contrived, really it they had to throw a, a screeching halt on most things to keep the sense of danger going. They had to focus on the side characters, Neo not being all that vulnerable anymore. So Trinity and Morpheus and all the people in Zion had to focus on them. At this point, you care that much about them? Not not really. Yeah. Because we've we've been focused too much on Neo. So it was it was too much fan service, too quick. Yes. But I wanted to throw in reverse a little bit because I, your your definition of fan service, I agree with 100%. It's something that has to come later. Like you can't, you know, you don't start off a franchise or a series or anything like that with throwing fan service in because the fans don't know what to expect. Right. That comes later in a timeline. But originally, some people listening to this probably would disagree because I think originally the word, the term came from something else, which is, I want to actually say it came from anime. I might be wrong, from Japanese animation. Well, all that's the origin of all things. So. Of, of course. But it just became, I think the, the term originated with the, the these cartoon females showing a lot of skin and being really sexy and, you know, horned up for no reason. Like to the, service the gratuitous, the to service, yes. Like like a little, you know, flap, 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 fan service, you know? <laughs> like for a happy ending type of fan service. Under, anybody wondering, yes, there was a visual to that. Flap, flap, flap. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it was like, like there was this video game that came out a few years ago called uh, Near Automata. Which is a badass video. It was actually really fun to play. But the main character is this chick running around in like a thong swimsuit type of thing, showing a lot of ass and cleavage and stuff for no real reason. Like absolutely no reason. Doesn't make it any less fun to watch. But that was described as fan service. Well, you think about the video games uh, like Diablo, when you've got these dungeon crawling females, because you can play as female characters. Right. And they're scantily clad. Yeah. Like all the arbor has to show like a little skin, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. huge amounts of cleavage in, you know, a suit that you're going to go to battle in. <laughs> or you watch like Red Sonia from like the 80s and she's wearing like a chainmail bikini and, you know. Yeah. That could, that, that was originally what was considered fan service. Just something to throw in that was meaningless and pointless for the story, but was going to make them uh, admittedly male audience or lesbian audience happy. Well, think about the sex scenes in a lot of the HBO shows yeah. uh, are are early on, and those are 100% fan service. Because some of them, not I would not say 100%. Sometimes you got to set a tone. You got to let well, the okay. audience know this is the kind of world we live in. If you have a whorehouse, true, true, or <coughs> as controversial it is, is a rape scene, something like right, that. But there were there were some scenes. I'm thinking of a few in particular that. Um, had nothing they did not further the plot you, they'd already established that it's a brothel mm -hmm. there was no reason to show some of the things that they did but they did it for fan service they did it to hook viewers they did it to get people to watch and then they also got complaints and mm -hmm. they toned it down quite a bit and probably some of the complaints came from the you know the actors and actresses themselves saying well maybe some of these actors and actresses the only reason they were hired was to shit flash their titties on screen or whatever. True. So were they complaining about it? It's like, well, this is actually my job. Yeah. And, you know, maybe they didn't complain as much, but I mean, the, some of the viewers did. 
yeah. it was quite gratuitous. And we did a whole podcast on gratuitous sex and sure, gratuitous sure. violence. But that's fan service. I yeah. call that fan service. Hey, look, tune in once a week and we're going to give you a, you know, a 30 second montage of sex. Oh, there's a notorious one in the second Star Trek movie, the the second of the remake Star Trek movies. What's her name? That actress, Alice Eve. There's a scene where she gets down to her bra and panties to put on a suit, like a jumpsuit or yeah, something. Isn't she green? No, nah, she's regular. <laughs> she's okay. normal human color. She's like supposed to be Spock's love interest or whatever. And and there was no yeah, there was no real point. Like it within the narrative of the movie, she had to she was going into space. I don't, I don't remember it was years ago, but she you know had to put this thing on. But there's no reason to show it on screen. Her mm-hmm. getting half naked and putting it on. So a lot of people screamed, "Oh, gratuitous fan service is just there to titillate and blah blah blah." So and I get it. It it was unnecessary. But there's as the straight white male watching it, do I like to see good looking women showing some skin? Yeah, I do. And I, I challenge. These days, there's more egalitarian. There's a lot of dudes showing some wang and, you know, bare puttocks and such. Hanging out with their wang out. You can't tell me a lot of the women watching aren't appreciative of that. So, I mean, is it? Well, yeah, it goes both ways. And that's the point. The point is that there's fan service. Now, I guess kind of rolling this into what we wanted to talk about, like, is that what we want? What what do we want when we think of Game of Thrones not meeting our expectations? I brought that whole thing up almost academically because I feel like at this point fan service has gone away from there's the gratuitous gratuitous sex. It's it's moments. It's Easter eggs that are just nods from the director or the writer saying, "Hey, remember this thing? Remember this thing that you liked? Remember this moment from back yeah. in the day? We're gonna bring that up again. It doesn't really serve a purpose, but we're just gonna remind you of." It. Like I looked at a whole slew of different th- like bad fan service. A few things that came up were like uh, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, that last one. Yep. When he's going through the warehouse from the end of Raiders and he knocks open the che- the box that has the Ark in it, uh-huh. it was just, that's fan service. That's, hey, remember this thing you liked? Here it is. Now we're moving on. Right. Do you remember the Ark of the Covenant, the actual right. Ark that was very important and could mm-hmm. bring about the Armageddon? Yeah, here we're it just is. Gonna, we're just, yeah, here it is. We're going to ignore it. It's nothing to us. It was just a wink, wink, nod, nod to the fans of the original movie. Or... <coughs> Sorry. So, or uh, the entire three prequels, or at least most of Phantom Menace for the Star Wars. <clears throat> yeah, here's R2-D2. Remember R2-D2? You loved him. It's a droid, so he can still be around, and he kicks ass still. Or Anakin Skywalker made C-3PO. Isn't that cool? Oh, yeah. it's totally tied uh, in. Yeah. So, and that's and that is fan service. That is just here's these moments. Um, the Han Solo movie that I never saw, but. <laughs> throwing Darth Maul in, yeah. Throwing Darth Maul in at the end. Hey, look, here's this dude that has no purpose whatsoever, but remember. Okay, him. now I'm gonna I'm gonna vote on this because mm-hmm. I've seen the movie. Yeah, and I think the fact that Darth Maul is there is actually kind of cool. One is he is the leader of this huge crime syndicate. They've they've made that canon in the cartoon. Yeah. And so he's back in the cartoon, linking the cartoon with the solo movie. That's fine. The bad part of it is <laughs> right. fans serve, the bad fan service is to prove it's Darth Maul. Yeah, yeah. He lights up his yeah. double-sided lightsaber, <laughs> and it is one of the stupidest things in the world <laughs> as far I mean, as stupid things in the world go. Now, and this is where the balance comes in, because... 
Was the ending of Rogue One pure fan service? Fuck yes, it was. Darth Vader appearing and kicking all kinds of ass. Yep. Absolutely fits every definition of fan service. And it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Was and from what I understand, awesome. what I understand, it wasn't supposed to be in the movie, correct? It wasn't originally there. Somebody said, the, seriously, the story I heard, the, somebody literally said, the fans will love this if we throw like a thing about Darth Vader in there showing him after all the after 30 years here's Darth Vader again kicking some ass in the way he never did yeah before and that's and and if you go to YouTube things are rife with fan service like that video I showed you of somebody redoing the fight between Obi-Wan and and Darth Vader yep with new effects and actors that could actually move quickly and you know stuff like that yeah 100% fan service and that was it was actually pretty cool agreed so if we were so when you have I guess bringing it back around when you have all these disappointments season eight of game of thrones when the when we're angry as fans when we're looking at going this is bullshit can we do you think we you and i or maybe anybody listening do you know anybody that could redo it remake it and make it right without just devolving into just all these cool cool things we need to see well we've already stumbled upon somebody who's attempting to do that it's true enough and maybe we could point everybody if they're interested um there is a lady presumably a lady, you know, it is 2019 mm-hmm. and she is rewriting uh, game of Thrones and it's in script format. And it's a little bit, it's not that it's hard to read. It's that if it's kind of unexpected, it's not a traditional read, but it's at least something. And she has gone about erasing mm-hmm. season eight and well, re- redoing her own. To be fair, she started writing it before season eight came out. Yes. So it wasn't like she looked at season eight and said, fuck this, I'm going to do it better. She genuinely started off as just a fan fiction, as a fan, just going, you know, after season seven, going, what what would be my take on it? What would be my dream to see? And she started writing it before season came eight, season eight came out, and she's not done. So at this point now, definitely, whatever she's writing would have to have an element of, yeah, I ain't going to do that. <laughs> um, What's her name? Alice Shipwise? Yeah, that's how it's. I believe it's Alice Shipwise. If you Google her, I'm sure you'll you'll get to it. Anybody that's interested, um, it is actually pretty good. I'm I'm a fan already. I wish season eight had been that already. And, and she she did a good job of not devolving into fan service for the most part. Yeah, like you some said, there is. are some things, but I won't spoil it. Yeah, but well, one thing I'll spoil just because and it it was hokey, but she put it in there. Was there's a there's a scene she has Jon Snow talking about ghosts saying. He's a good boy. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry, but that's just internet meme talk making yeah. his way in there. Yes. He's the goodest of boys. He's always been like the whole, that's, that's, it's. We don't deserve dogs. Yes, exactly. Uh, well, the internet does have a love affair with dogs. <laughs> and now Keanu Reeves, which, yeah, that's cool. It's fine. Yeah. Dogs are cool. Keanu Reeves is cool. Keanu Reeves likes dogs. It works. There you go. There you go. Have you seen the picture of him sitting there with a bottle of water and then he's got wine in his glass? No, it's these people are trying to prove that he's Jesus. Well, you can see, I guess, legit. There's all these old pictures of people from like the fucking 1500s and 1800s that look just like him. So they're saying he's an immoral vampire. Well, him and the uh, do I saw do you one think of uh, Nicolas Cage too, weirdly enough, that he's an immortal vampire? Oh, totally. Somebody's got to be Rick Springfield. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he was in that made for TV movie back in the 80s. Where he played a detective, uh, a homicide detective that worked the laid out shift. 
Nice. Cause he, and uh, he was a vampire. Well, more recently, he was in Supernatural. He played Satan. So there's that, too. Oh, well, there. Hey. See? Full circle. Hey, he's an immortal Satan vampire. Vampire. Satan um, vampire. Well, I found I found this one thing. Like Before we get into it, I guess we should establish this stuff. But I found this. Some guys, like, okay, what was wrong with season eight? Like, let's establish our bona fides right here. Like, why did season eight not work? And I found this guy that kind of encapsulated it a little bit. I thought that okay. was a good way to do it. So, spoiler alert, I just, we're just going to say it. If you haven't seen season eight, go fuck yourself. But, spoiler alert. And that, so, for the people that aren't Game of Thrones fans, this just, this think of it as general storytelling faux pas is the best way to stay interested, I guess. Uh, so, what was so wrong with it? Examples, Jamie Lannister, you had this whole story arc where he emerged from being a superficial, shallow villain. He escapes Cersei because he's tired of her ways, redeems himself, and then says, fuck, and goes back to Cersei and dies. Terrible use for character arc. Not only that, but one of the things about Jamie Lannister that was like significant is the fact that he had killed the person that he had taken an oath to protect in order to save a city. Of right. innocent people, because that king was going to burn everybody, and so he ended up killing the king to save everybody, mm-hmm. and he throws that away in like a few episodes. And yeah, t- there's turns no into... going, yeah, there's no going for a cir- full circle on that. Like th- that could have come back around, but nothing. It was just no. Nope. Instead, he had he actually he has lines that says, "I don't care about them." Yeah, like there was it was like a the abandonment of his character arc, and a lot yes. of people had a problem with that. Um. The big one that a lot of people had a problem with was Arya killing the Night King. And I will agree to a point where, like, the mechanics of it, I I can suspend my disbelief that she snuck up and did it. It's the fact that she did it when she had no... Like, there was never Arya and the Night King. It was, there was never any connection between her and the Night King. As far as we know, she never even realized the Night King existed until she came back to Winterfell and Jon Snow's like, oh, yeah, there's this undead arm coming. She's like, what in the what? Like, came from nowhere. This is This is a story... What you want is to have somebody with some connection to the Night King finish him off. Besides the fact that he died halfway through the season and he spent seven seasons being built up as the big bad guy. So, yeah, that was, and I agree with that. Like the fact that Arya as a character killed him, the only problem I have with it is that there's no connection. The mechanics of it, yeah, she trained for her. She's an assassin at this point. I'm fine with that. But it was like, why her? You know, Jon Snow is a natural point, which I guess I get, you know, a little obvious. But at the same time, it could have been somebody. It could have been Daenerys. It could have been the children of the forest come and do something. I don't know. Anything. Somebody with a connection to the Night King. And he should not have died. Bran. 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 Exactly. That could have been it. That could have been the last. Uh, that could have been a character arc for Bran. Somehow sacrificing himself to do something. Because after after that episode, Bran was, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Brad was severely misused, and it was it's a glaring plot hole. Brad became a giant, huge plot hole. Anyway, right, and it it should have been Bran. Bran should have kept the dagger that um was try you know somebody tried to kill him with. He should have kept it. And when the Night King comes for him, who's a cripple boy in a wheelchair, looking like an easy target, you know what would have been unbelievable at that point is if Bran had stood up and been like, well, "Eat a dagger, bitch." I have. I, I was gonna say. I think we should put a pin in that, just because I feel like we could have a moment where you and I go back and forth. Like, could we? Like I said, step up or shut up. Okay. Could All right. we? So, could we make moments that have would have been better? And I think I have one, but it's my. But I'll get to that. Okay. You. We'll, we'll get, get to that later. 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 Yeah. But I just 
Uh, the other big one, not huge, but you know, you have the buildup where John reveals his secret to his sisters, and it's off screen. He doesn't even do it. He makes Brian tell him. Yeah. At you know his oh I'm a Targaryen and nope he just it's off screen telling his sisters we don't see their reaction. It's like what the hell? This is like a moment that we wait to see. Could have could would that have been fan service? Maybe. I guess it was. They did it and they didn't show it, so I guess by definition it wasn't necessary, but. It was hollow. I think it would have been it would have been fan service and it was much needed fan service. Yeah, that, and this is yeah. the fans deserved to see that moment. And then the big one is the entire long night episode. This is a TV show with the red wedding. This is the TV show where Ned Stark got his head chopped off. You know, all the heroes we thought we had kept dying again and again. And then the long night episode happens, and you have undead crawling through this castle in waves. You have main characters in seconds away from mortal peril and then it's all done and nobody important died whatsoever Mm -hmm. and the and and it wasn't like they were well used afterwards to a necessity you could have had all but a handful of main characters die and that show still play out almost exactly the same yep and it was it's just like it was a betrayal of the entire series the i'm like i'm sitting there watching like oh my god this is it like jamie's gonna die here not that i would have wanted that to happen but like brienne um What's his name? The Giants Bane guy, you know. Yeah, Tormund. Jorah, di- Jorah did die. I those fifty percent of me thought, holy shit, they're actually going to kill off Daenerys at this. Like, there's so many Arya, Sansa, Tyrion could have died. There, so many people could have died. That would have been like a whole what the fuck moment. None of them did. Sam easily could have died. So many people could have died. That would have been a holy shit moment. None of them did. And a TV show that built this reputation on giving a sock to the gut of to its fans mm-hmm. like like you just it's like a masochistic okay i gotta ready myself who who how much of a you know hard strings are gonna get tugged on this one yep you know nobody important died nobody we really cared about at this point some people were like oh poor theon but yeah <laughs> that was his destiny yeah but that was that was the biggest one so these are the, some of the things and then you have the last episode where Daenerys turns evil seemingly out of nowhere they they did they took pains to Set her up to show, to which show I appreciate. Her, her handmaiden get killed, yeah. and you know the people that a whole lot of people could have made different decisions, and any one of those decisions would have changed her course. You know, John could have listened to her and not told his sisters. You know, Tyrion could have listened to Varys and helped him. You know, different things could have happened. So a, a thousand people in, in King's Landing didn't have to get killed, and Daenerys. You know, all that stuff. Right. But in the end, the fans were like, "That was a betrayal too." I don't hate that as much as probably a lot of people do, but I see where it's coming. So how do we and, fix it? And then, and then the way they die. So yeah, do you have any ideas? What would you have done? What's your perfect... So well, step it up. Like, okay, this sucked. What would you have done? Now, what's my starting point? Uh, season Final 8 episode, in general. Season 8 in general? Like, assuming everything's up to season 7 happened the way it happened. So season 8. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb here and I'm going to say the second episode was brilliant. The establishing everybody's connections yes. back again and all that stuff. Okay. Yes, everybody has returned. Now we're all sitting around Winterfell waiting to die. And while we're waiting to die, we're telling war stories. We're drinking. We're joking. We're mm-hmm. singing songs. Great. That's a great episode. Yes, I agree. Because you have to get reminded. All these little reunions. Arya and the Hound. Brienne and Jamie, You know, Tyrion and Sansa. All these little reunions that so, we've been waiting all these years to see. Yeah. So we start with the Battle of Winterfell. I would have, there, there's small things like, uh, let me just say about the Dothraki. 
riding into battle. I don't hate that scene. Yeah. Let me let me tell you why I don't hate that scene. I don't hate it because the Dothraki were notorious for being wild, mm-hmm. not taking orders. Yeah. Um, you know, bloodthirst, bravery, um, and also the reputation that they can't be beat in the open field. Right. That's the old, the Dothraki in the open field is unbeatable. A battle wasn't for a goal. A battle was a chance to prove yourself to get glory. Yeah. So I don't hate Melisandre. I I hated her coming out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Um, She should have been there already. I like the fact that she lit up the swords. That was actually kind of cool because she served the Lord of Light and magic and whatever. I kind of liked it. And all it would have taken would be one of those Zothraki to take off into the night and they're all going. So that was not the fact that that was a strategy was weird. Um, (laughs) But the fact that it happened is not weird for me. I like how knights, they're not disciplined. They would absolutely have done that. I I Yeah. All it would have taken would be one. And the fact that they went out into the middle of nowhere and got squashed. Now here's what I would have changed. A handful came back. That's it, man. Mm-hmm. You're done with the Dothraki. Don't show me the fucking Dothraki one more time. I don't want to see him. They're dead. <laughs> yeah. In the last two episodes, when all of a sudden her army is full of Dothraki again, where the yes. fuck were they? How where, the hell where did, did they survive? Where did they come from? Yeah. So that's step one of fixing this. Once the Dothraki ran into that horde of whites or white walkers or whatever you want to call them now, <clears throat> once they did that, gone. Yep. I think the um, Unsullied did a great job of holding the line and staying in formation, using different formations to attack or to defend. I like the pits of fire that they used. uh, Great aerial shots. This is kind of where they lose me a little bit. Once the wall was breached, that's it. Game over, man. Game over inside the castle. They had a scene where um, Arya was running around the castle and it was quiet. Right. The, The library scene, stuff like that. There's a fucking battle raging outside, dude. Yeah, no. You're not going to have silence. You're not going to have quiet. That was a perfect opportunity for us to see Arya, who grew up in this castle, knowing every little detail. She could have found a a hidden passageway. She could have found a hidden staircase. She could have escaped way easier than that. Yeah, instead of just fighting for survival, she could have been the assassin, sneaking out from a hidden alcove. Right. Take this okay. one out and that one out. Yeah. Yes. And been an effective assassin that way by, you know, we we can see her like struggle here and there to show us a little peril, but to have her sneak through the shadows and show us what she's learned, finishing her arc a little bit, like establishing the, the tail end of her arc as an assassin. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I would have killed off almost everybody. Almost everybody. Brienne, yep. uh, Jamie would have lived, but Brienne would not have. Yep. And that would have given Jamie a great excuse to leave yeah, and not stay because... Good in, reason to go back to King's Landing. Right. Because when he leaves Brienne, that was a stupid scene to have this strong woman just blubbering, yeah. blubbering on. Nope. Kill her. That was yep. a way better death for her. Mm-hmm. Death. Um, I, I just... I would have killed so many, so many more people. Um, and then... At the end, when there was a real struggle, I liked the scene with Theon. I liked the fact that he defended Bran as long as he could and then died. That was great. Mm. Um, And I think there should have been 
some sort of connection that we get to see between Bran and the Night King. If you were hell-bent on killing the Night King in this one episode, then make it so significant. Like, make Bran stand up. Make him warg into the Night King and have him stab him, you know, kill his army. You know what I mean? Like, Yep, and that's that's what I was going to say. Warg into the Night King, have the Night King turn around and dismiss his army and they all fall and drop and die. And then the night King turns around and Bran unwargs out of him. And all of a sudden the night King's there by himself, vulnerable. And then you get somebody to shiv him or something. You know what I mean? Like show Bran's warging capability and the fact that those two had a connection. And that's only if you were hell bent on killing him in that episode. And See, yes, I agree. Anyway, my, my, Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and that's how you could end that episode. <clears throat> then you take the remaining people or you take Bran warging into the Night King and have him command the, the White Army and take them south through the Night Kings, you know, through Bran being the Night King and then take, take over, take out seriously <laughs> that way. Um, there were a bunch of scenes in the final episode or episodes that I, I think could have changed. Um, that whole scene with Arya getting tossed around while the dragon is blowing up the city would have been a way better scene if it were Sir Davos since he he's from there we would have thought oh my god you know he's gonna die any second you know stuff like that anyway I, I'm I'm eager to hear your opinion well I agree with you like keeping you know everything the same until season seven I agree with you almost everybody dies in the battle for Winterfell like I think people that should have lived were John Daenerys Jamie and Arya maybe probably yeah, and Arya like and that's about it. I think Tyrion probably should have died at that point. As, as fan favorite as he is, as big as he is, he goes down saving somebody, but he dies. Imagine that shock. Yeah. Like, like maybe he takes a shot at the Night King, something, something profound. He saves Jamie, maybe. I don't know. Like, instead of Jamie always been saving him his entire life and being there for him, he saves Jamie somehow, something like that. But Brienne dies, Sam dies, Tormund dies, you know, all these people that have been gotten the, the not the hound. I think the hound should have lived because like moments needed to happen. Like these buildups that have been promised for years. The hound versus the mountain. Yep. Jamie killing Cersei. All this things like that. I think that should have happened. Um, Arya, I and here's the thing, Bran, like I agree with you. Bran should have been the one to take out the Night King. My thought was something like we had all these moments with Bran built up where they had no promise and no payoff. So this the episode where Hodor dies and you see that he says Hodor because Bran actually affected the past. As mm -hmm. much as I hate time travel, it's an interesting concept. Bran goes into the past, into Hodor's past, and affects his entire life from the future. So we've established at this point that Bran has a power to actually affect timelines and shit like that. And then that's it. We never see anything like that ever again. It goes nowhere, means nothing. Like at that point, I'm like, this means something. This is going to be the linchpin and something huge that happens at the end of the series. And it's nothing. It's never mentioned. It's never expounded upon. It's completely forgotten. So I thought this should have been the moment. We know he can do it. <coughs> he works into the Night King to the point where the Night King gets made. He's there watching <coughs> the children of the forest turn the Night King into the Night King. And he does something. Like he affects it. He changes it. He... He he like introduces something that's always been there but wasn't we never realized yeah. it. Like a flaw in the system. Like he looks at one of the children, the children sees him and he says, 
don't do it. Or then the children put messed it up and don't make it complete. So there's something they can exploit. Because yeah. we've already seen the Night King take down a dragon. We've already seen the dragon try to burn the Night King. The Night King's like, whoosh, whatever. I don't give two shits. So it's not unreasonable to think that a fucking Valyrian steel dagger or even the dragon glass or anything like that's not going to hurt him either. Right. Like you think it hurts everybody. Like it's like you could have somebody taking a shot at him. Tyrion, something like that. Where you think, yes, this is it. And it does nothing because the Night King is the Night King. He's above all that shit. But the reason they win is because Bran has introduced something already that we don't. It's a Bill and Ted's thing. We're going to hide the keys in the bushes. And they were there all <laughs> along. Yeah. And that's how you do it. That would that would have been the payoff for what happened with Hodor. It would have been... A, an actual usable moment for Bran and Bran dies doing it, but he takes out the Night King. That yeah. So that stays with the structure. The Night King's dead. I actually like your idea where he takes over the Night King and the rest of the series is the Army of the Dead marching on King's Land. Yes. And you can even have Bran and the Night King vying for control within the Night King's body. And that's, you know, some shit like that. Yeah. Like in some sort of realm. Yeah. Inside his brain. Right there. Yeah. Where, where Bran can actually walk. Like they're killing some people, but Brand's vying, having dominance, so he's raiding him in sometimes, but sometimes not. Yeah, you could you could have moments like that, whereas everybody else is scrambling to get to the King's Landing to try to stop him. You know, second round type of stuff. That would be that would have been cool. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> barring that, you could still that would have been a tweak, and you could have still and killed off Brand, killed off the Night King, and then move forward to the end of the series. Arya should have killed Cersei with Jamie's help. That would have fulfilled the prophecy of the little brother being the downfall of Cersei, the Valonqar thing. Mm-hmm. Like, like Jamie has a chance to stop Arya, or he assists Arya when he's once he sees Cersei's crazy, or Arya uses fire. his face. Or okay, actually, yes, yes, I agree. There you go. Yeah, Arya uses his face to get close. And that would both things because she never does that after she kills the phrase. Right. That's another throwaway thing that she could have done. That's completely gone. And then I think the end should have been Arya's going to try to kill Daenerys and it's stopped and Daenerys is going to have her killed and Jon has to kill Daenerys to, to save, save his Arya. Sister. Yeah. yeah. Much more poignant, much better end than just, I'm going to hug you and kiss you and then stab you in the chest because you just said something crazy. <sighs> so was the things we described, is that fancer? Yes. I I say yes, but I don't think it's bad fancers. And that's, it's not egregious. It's not, it's not like... What would have been egregious if Bran wargs into the Night King and then the Night King turns to the camera and goes, Hodor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, what would have been egregious is if, yeah, as if they're watching on King's Landing and also they raise up Ned Stark and he's like there, but Bran makes him remember who he is. So now Ned Stark's fighting it. That would have been egregious fan service. <laughs> yes. That would have been some horrible, horrible fan service. Yeah. Like, that starts back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been bad. Well. But the stuff we described. So, yes. Is it fan service? Sure. But it's also, is it wrong to give the fans a satisfaction? Like, and this is also the fulfillment of things they've already established. Whereas what we got was the abandonment of what was established. Okay. And that was the problem. It was absolutely the abandonment. And I'll tell you two things. One is on YouTube, after an episode airs, they play like this 30 or 40 minute thing about how it was made. And then you had one of the writers. I don't know if it was Dan Deerdorf or whatever the hell their name is. Mm-hmm. Um, he's describing the mountain and the hound fighting. And he says explicitly, 
you don't want to give the fans what they want. Yes. Because it becomes too predictable. That's awesome. But in the case in the case of the mountain and the hound having their quote unquote Clegane bowl and fighting, mm-hmm. he said, as writers, we wanted it as much as the fans, so we included it. So if there was just this little scrid of we don't want this, that never would have happened. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that you and I have not talked about this before. We're sitting here, and in the last 15 minutes, we've spitballed what we perceive as fans as a far superior ending to a series that we grew and love, grew to love, than two overpaid jerks who <laughs> who jumped ship. Let's be honest, jumped ship, drove it into the ground in order to go make Star Wars money, mm-hmm. and that's were, not fair. For people that don't realize it, they were offered HBO wanted. What a ten episode at least season? Yeah, George R. R. Martin had wanted twelve. HBO he wanted, wanted ten seasons, but at least for this, even oh. being this is the last season. Yes, HBO wanted ten episodes. Yes, and these two guys said no. We want to do it in six. They're the ones that said we want to do it in six. Yes, and that was and because they had made a everything. commitment to Star Wars. They want to get to the Star Wars money. Jerks. Yeah, but that's funny that quote you said because what I wanted to move on to was what. What have we seen recently that it was pure fan service and did it fucking right? I don't know. Help me. Avengers Endgame. Oh, that's right. Avengers Endgame. Pure fan service. And there's this quote I found from the guys that, uh, the guys, the brothers that made it. One of them, I don't remember which one said it. But uh, uh, let's see. This article says, given the care that the writers took to make the film's even logical extension of the 22 movie, 22, fuck that seven year bullshit, 22 movies that came for it. And this movie was the culmination of that and did it right. Yes. So, Seemed like the logical extension of 22 movies that came before. They bristled at the idea that anything they put in the movie counted as fan service. And the quote is, you know, a movie that is made to frustrate fans seems a little suicidal. Fan service is simply honoring the stories that have come before. Mm-hmm. Like, and they said they're, when they were writing it, Tony Stark's last words, I am Iron Man. That wasn't in there. That, that wasn't original. The original ending. They didn't know what to do. That We couldn't figure out the ending. And then we sometimes we try to avoid the low hanging fruit. It seemed very obvious that we resisted it, but it felt all kinds of perfect. So we came back to it. Yeah. And it was the, the, the whole expanded Marvel universe started with Tony Stark at the end of Iron Man going, I am Iron Man. Cause that's what Nick Fury said at the end after credit scene. Yep. Nick Fury stands up and says, I am Iron Man. You just joined a bigger world. You just don't know it. Let me talk to you about the Avengers initiative. And that was the beginning. Well, that's how it ended. Tony Stark let me, saying, I am Iron Man. Let me tell you about. Uh, Captain America. And Tell me about Captain America. All of those portals opened up at the end and released yep. all the people that had been snapped that were mm-hmm. there to fight. And what does Captain America say? Avengers motherfucking assemble. Avengers assemble. Now, does he say that loud? No. Or does he kind of whisper that? It just do like you think the people happened. in the do you think the people in the back <laughs> heard him say Avengers assemble? No. However. That was a perfect moment for Captain America to say Avengers Assemble, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. So that was for the fans. That was not for, you know, War Machine <laughs> to, <laughs> to hear him drop ranks and, you know, this is not a strategy. This is right. Yeah. So well, that was for the fans, but the it worked. Biggest, right? The biggest fan service moment of all was the most badass moment in probably all the Marvel movies to date, which was, was Captain America holding the Thor's hammer. Grabbing that fucking hammer out of the air. You see Thanos beating the shit out of Thor. You know, moment of crisis. Oh my God, he's going to kill Thor. And you see the hammer twitch and you're like, oh, Thor's going to cause backup weapon. And all of a sudden, nope, 
fucking Captain America grabs it. Not only does he grab it, he just beats some ass with it. Yeah, fuck wild with that. That yeah, I I could watch that scene over and over oh, and over. I have. I got home that night and I'm like, guarantee you, there's a Chinese fucking bootleg YouTube clip of this. I'm gonna find it. And I did. And I downloaded it. And I every day I watch it at least once just for the fuck of it. Yeah, because <laughs> it's such a cool. And that's it's pure. The whole movie is pure fan service. They go back in the past and revisit all these points from the other movies that you saw to give you another laugh, to give you another perspective. Um, and then the big last battle is just here's all these heroes that you've come to know and love over the last decade plus. They're here again and they're fighting and they're all having their moments. They're all having these cool, you know, here's something for the ladies with all the lady heroes coming and beating some ass. Here's something for all the Spider-Man fans. He's doing his Spider-Man thing. Star-Lord's going to make a quip. You know, Captain America is going to have a little banter with Thor again. You know, all this, all these cool, bad, these cool things you saw. In fact, the only criticism I have the whole thing is because it didn't have enough fan service because they didn't do the Hulk. <laughs> they didn't do the Hulk well enough to have his moment. But well, besides that, it was yeah, it was so cool, and it was pure fan service. So, and the, these two things came out at exactly the same time, pretty much. Endgame and Game of Thrones, and Game of Thrones said, "Go fuck you to all the fans," and now it's hated. Endgame said, "We love you. You're our fans. Here you go, and it will be remembered for fucking up." Do you know who else did that perfectly after a decade-long series and then just pulled out all the stops, uh, just retold all the same jokes just to f- service the fans? Hmm. Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the last episode of Seinfeld, I think, worked. Yes. People gave that's a shit. Because we're just going to bring everybody back. We're going to make everybody relive those jokes that we told over mm-hmm. a decade. Remember Man Here Hands? Remember they're, they're real, they're perfect? Remember, yep. remember uh, Art Vandalay? Remember Mar- all Marble that. Rye. Marble Rye. Like, this is where, what I said, you know, the whole step up or shut up. I was, I've, I've said for years, I've said since the 90s, when people started layering the hate on that side belt, I'm like, what would you have done? You tell me a better way to end it. Because I've never heard it. I've never heard somebody's reinterpretation of a better way to end Seinfeld. You know what a big controversy <laughs> final episode was The Sopranos? Yep. And... I loved it. I loved the final episode. And they were m- the majority of people, I think, hate it. See, now I can't speak to that so much because I never watched this. I know the episode. I know how it ended, but I can't really, I can't say much about it because I didn't. I well, he's a mob it. boss and there's a lot of suspicion that he's going to be taken out. And so the final scene takes place in a restaurant. He's there with his family and he's right. looking over his shoulder. And that's all he does the whole time because he knows an assassin's coming for him. He just doesn't know when. And then the uh, the screen goes black and the episode's over and you don't get any fulfillment. There's no like, well, did he die? Did he not die? What? Right. And I think it was perfect because in the grand scheme of things, that's how he lived his life. And that's the way it was going to be for the rest of his life is you don't know. Just somebody's going to be coming at some point in time. Yeah, if it wasn't this point, it's going to be another point. He's never going to live happily ever after. Right. And I think that it was brilliant to leave it leave the audience guessing just like he was going to have to be left guessing. I like well, that. And we talked about this the other day was breaking bad. Like breaking bad has been held up by so many people as the perfect series. Like it never, it never dipped. It just kept getting better and better. And then the last episode was the last episode fanser. I'll say yes. Like I've read a reviewer, like, like we talked about, I, we, I've, I've read a reviewer that said <clears throat> that for him, his, for him, it would have been perfect if it all played out exactly as it did. You know, Walt goes back. He he sees Skyler. He confronts those two rich folks. And so he makes it so all his money 
wasn't for nothing because they're going to set up his kids forever with his money. He rescues Jesse from the neo-Nazis and kills them all. And then he dies before the cop, just as the cops coming in, you know, looking fondly on the meth making apparatus that defined his life. And then he dies. That's, that was a great ending. And this reviewer said, said for me, it would have been perfect if just as he faded to black, you, the screen pulled back and you saw that he was frozen to death in his car in New Hampshire. And he never actually left that bar. He never actually got that car started. It was all just his last gasp of a wish of a fantasy. And I'm like, no, fuck that. Fuck the, it was all just a dream ending. I hate Bullshit. that. I hate that shit. It's like, yes, well, was it fan service. Okay. Yeah. But it was exactly what we needed to see after investing all these five years into it. I, I will say that that has worked once that I can think of. And I don't know if you ever watched the Bob Newhart show. No, but I also know what you're talking about. Yeah. And he wait, sitcom. that was a sitcom. And yeah. at the very end, he wakes up in bed with the original wife, and it was all a dream. And that's kind of fan service, and that's kind of funny. Yeah. Well, so. that's played off. You could play the it was all a dream off for laughs just fine. I, I'm <laughs> fine with it was all a dream if it's meta, if it's aware of itself, you know? Yeah. But as a end of a serious drama, fuck you, fuck that, fuck everybody, fuck all of it. Like, yeah. I remember when I was in high school, there's we watched this movie for American Lit. It's called An Incident at Owl Creek Bridge, and it's based on a book that was written in the 1800s about this guy. Gonna get, it was during the Civil War. He's going to get hanged, but the rope breaks or something, and he gets loose, and he's running. He's trying to escape the soldiers that are going to hang him. And he's you know doing this, that, and the other to, to try to get away from him, and he finally gets his taste of freedom, and ah, nope, he's hanged, and it was all a dream. Huh. And I remember watching that going, even at the time, when I was a high school kid, but distinctly thinking, okay, this means nothing to me now because I've seen this too many times. But a hundred years ago, this probably would have been like, oh my God, when you're reading this in the book. What a twist. Oh, I didn't see that coming. So everything we saw that we think is original and cool now to some future audience is going to be trite and cliche because there's nothing new under the sun and everything gets old eventually. But damn it, I'm living now and I want my good, nice, pat, satisfying endings right now. um, Give me a couple of TV shows that had perfect endings. Uh, I think Cheers. I've, I honestly, I love the ending of Cheers. You had Shelley Long come back because Shelley Long left to make weird ass movies with Tom Hanks. I don't know. She was crazy. Schlong. But Schlong. Yeah, we brought it back. You, you said you were going to bring it back, but I brought it back. Well, I, I forced you to bring it back. <laughs> but you had Shelley Long. I mean, the whole show was will they, won't they with, you know. Uh, Ted Danson, Shelley Long. Or, uh, um, Diane and Sam. Jeez, I couldn't remember Sam. Sam and Diane, will they, won't they? Which is a horrible way to keep a show going forever, but it was the bedrock of the show. Then she left and you brought in Rage, Rebecca and it didn't, it wasn't the same, but it was still funny. I mean, the last half of the show was still funny. Yeah. <clears throat> but it, it was perfect because it brought Shelley Long back. It, and it reminded you, you know, everybody had a tied up ending. And then the very last scene was, you know, Cheers isn't closed. It, the bar didn't burn down. It didn't explode. It didn't get taken over by terrorists. It wasn't some kind of crazy thing. It was, well, we just had this wild day, but now it's over. We're going to close the bar up, but we're going to open tomorrow. And Cheers, somewhere in some shape, is still going on. And that's nice. So I think Cheers was a great final episode for a sitcom. And I Mash? Think, see, I didn't, I didn't, I never really watched. I did watch the end oh, of Mash. Yeah, we did talk about this. I've, I've seen episodes of Mash here and there. I did see the end where... Hawkeye and his buddy, whose name I can't remember, which is sad. BJ Huntington. BJ Huntington. 
and you know they say like we're gonna look each other up back in the world and all that shit but yeah i didn't i can't i can't really and they've written goodbye on the ground yes okay so what do you think was mash a perfect ending to a show so i think it was yeah uh side the natural originally good ending to arrested development i think was perfect with the boat with the boat season three when he's right where it started him right where it started him and george michael are like fuck all this and they're sailing away full circle yep and then you had the continuations which you had such high hope for and had their moments but was it never recaptured the magic yeah um scrubs i thought scrubs had a the the real ending of scrubs they had an aborted bastardized money grabbing last season when they went to a different network that i don't i never count yeah. It had its it wasn't gonna had its moments, it had some charm, but I don't I think most fans of that show just like we'd rather pretend that season didn't exist. And you had the real natural ending where JD's walking out, he walks on this hallway where he sees they I mean seriously, they brought back all the bit players from all freaking whatever it was, eight seasons that the show been on. And he, people that had died, people that all these side characters came back and just greeted him as he left his hospital for the last time. Then he saw a vision of the future in the Scrubs fashion because it was always this wacky, you know, half magical TV show. And he saw a vision of the future of him married and having a kid and having Christmas with his friends and his friends having kids and his kids getting together with this other kid. (laughs) (laughs) I'm being blocked. No, I have a critic. He says no. (laughs) No, it's just he has decided he's he's a nut. Anybody that's listening, it is uh, my dog has decided to. do what he does. Canine throw rug. He's a he's just a ball of jello. <laughs> Jerry, if you told me that I was going to solve the world's oil crisis, <laughs> <laughs> help me throw this ball of oil out the window. Uh, Hello. I'm, I'm sure there's. A, what do you got besides Nash? What are you thinking? Uh, friends. Yeah, friends was good. I, friends was fine. I mean, I'm not gonna sit. I'm not gonna put up there with a. Even with the cheers, honestly, because it friends just became it, it came to the point where it just had to end and it did and it ended fine, satisfying. But it was never there was no bringing somebody back that had been gone because friends did with a lot of shows like that couldn't do and they kept their core cast the entire time. Yeah. And there was what, no side characters worth mentioning that they really needed to fold in to have a moment with. So they just had a natural end to all the characters. What do you think about TV shows having a finale and then coming back for a movie? Funny you should mention that because I just got done yesterday watching the Deadwood movie. Yeah, what'd but you think? That show never had a finale. Like that show, that show was good. I like that show. Yeah, it was great. It and it just it got canceled. It's three seasons on HBO back frick, like almost 15 years ago. And then they just got canceled. So what's that? Was it really that long ago? Oh yeah. Deadwood was a long time ago. Huh. And and it's crazy too, because I rewatch because I I saw the movies coming out, so I wanted to rewatch it because I hadn't watched it in over 10 years. And just seeing all the people in it that went on to do different things. Just so, so many people were in that show that moved on to different... Like, Skyler from Breaking Bad was in it. Yeah. Um, Timothy Oliphant was the lead, and Ian, Mc, Ian McShane were the two leads, and they both went on to do a whole bunch of different stuff. Um, there was a hooker in it that became the lead of that Fear of the Walking Dead. There was a guy in it that was one of the main characters of Supernatural. There was a... The, who's the guy from Park, Parks and Recreation? Um, the boss oz not oswald it's uh well whatever but he's a side character in a couple episodes and he shows his dick and you're like did i just see this fucking dude's dick what the hell what is his name yeah it's it's 
drawing a blank right now. Kristen Bell was in it. She was like this little teenage hooker for a few episodes. Yeah. Like all these different, like you said, they're like, wow, what a blast of the past. But the show is good. It was, it was, it fell into some of the traps. I think there's another episode we could talk about about when a show sh- loses its way down rabbit holes, but I don't think it's germane to this. But it fell into traps where side characters had stories that had nothing to do with the main plot. But so many shows do that. Yeah. It's like, I feel like we could do a whole episode on that. But um, then it ended. It ended kind of on a cliffhanger where the vil- the main villain did some really villainous fucking shit. Some really dark things happened. And that season finale happened. And then that was it. And then the show comes back. This movie comes back. Two hours. And all it did, it was it was a big love letter to the fans saying, for over a decade, you guys have been frustrated. Here you go. Here's a little nice moment. And it should have come back for one more season, honestly, because it was rushed. Everybody had this nice little moment. They're all old. It was funny because the time jump in the in the narrative was 10 years, but the time jump in real life was closer to 15, and everybody looks so much older. <laughs> it was kind of crazy. But uh well, it was West. So yeah, everybody like had a rough life. But uh yeah, it had all these like nice little moments for everybody, but nobody had a really except for the two leads, Swearingen and Bullock, and the main bad guy, Hurst, had the big thrust of everything. And everybody else had kind of a little side moment, little Remember me? I did this thing. I'm going to do this one more thing. And now I'm off. And that was it. It was just a nice little love letter to the fans saying, and now you have an ending. There you go. So, no, I'm not against coming back to do one more made for TV movie. Firefly did it. And that was a great movie. Yeah, it was. Uh, full confession. Saw the movie before I saw the TV show. Yeah, that's forgiven. Okay. Sorry. No need to apologize. I think as we established in the beginning, um, it, it I feel like... I have some ownership in it because it's so good, but you obviously don't care about what I like. So, <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. In fact, if you like it, I spit on it automatically, just just the way it goes. Firefly, <laughs> more like fire guy. I had nothing. I have <laughs> absolutely nothing. It's only the best show that's ever been on television. Flyer spy, Meyer high, mile oh, high. My- yeah, they're banging all the time. <laughs> gotcha. My dog is telling me we have to wrap this up. So, do you want to? Uh... Is there, is there a final point we can put on this? I did find a list of I um, IMDb. Somebody on there made a list of fan service TV shows, but they didn't give any criteria. But just so you know, number one is Game of Thrones. Number two is Firefly. Yes. <laughs> and then, then on this list is also Big Bang Theory 24, which Westworld, which 24 I can see. 24 had a lot of nice fan service. Every episode, every season had another Oh my God, only Jack Bauer can save the world moments, you know? Like, holy shit, how many times does this dude have to save Western civilization? Oh my God. <laughs> the nukes, the nuclear meltdown, the crazy Muslims, the crazy Chinese, the, you know, all these. He just had to save the world over and over and over again. Here's some interesting trivia. Mm-hmm. In the very first episode of 24, this chick blows up a plane and she uses a detonator made out of a dildo. Within the show or as a prop? She is on the plane and she pulls a detonator out of her luggage and the detonator is a vibrator. I don't I remember that scene. I remember I know what chick you're even talking about, but I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the dildo thing. Okay. It's good to know. Yeah, it's not like you to not remember dildos in movies. I usually remember dildos. I usually all about the dildos. <laughs> Got a dildo I, I, mean, I can that. usually tell you it's like, oh yeah, that's uh you know, that's a black mambo number five. <laughs> that's a that's a Nimbus three thousand right there. That's <laughs> that's silver cloud. XTX. They only made three of those. Oh my god. Vintage. Chill out now. Jesus. He wakes up hard, doesn't he? Well, he was... We're on a Yogi Bow. Anybody that doesn't know what a Yogi Bow is, even normal 
able-bodied people can't get up out of them. Gotcha. Go away. Go. So, do you have a philosophical bent of a frame of mind to peruse the airwaves with? I do. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Fermi paradox. Is that the there should be other civilizations out there thing? Yes. Uh, okay. If there are aliens out there or other life, signs of life in the universe, we should have seen them by now. Mm-hmm. But there's a reason why we haven't. What is I the reason? Aliens exist or life on other planets have existed. And that is because of the great filter. Ooh, you know what the like, great filter is? Like a mesh that you pour water through and only the water comes through and the aliens don't? It's a very fine mesh. Mm-hmm. It is the great filter and it's probably not what you're... It, it's not what you think it is. Okay. What is <clears throat> The it? great filter is that in the billions and billions of years that the universe has existed, there has been intelligent life just like us, possibly identical to us, maybe even more advanced than us. More human than human. White zombie or Rob zombie? White zombie. White zombie. Second album. Um, and what the great filter is, is that all these other forms of life have found a way to snuff themselves out. <laughs> we can't Actually, see that. Yeah. Because over the billions and billions of years, they've figured out a way to kill themselves, go extinct, which probably will be our fate as well. That once a species becomes smart enough to kill itself, it will kill itself. Yes. See, there's a lot to unpackage there because that that the idea is that the default state of life is competition, right? Because why would we kill ourselves? Probably through war, you know? Yeah. One fanatical sect is going to get a hold of the plague or a nuclear arsenal. I mean, that fanatical sect could just be an entire country or it could be like a religious group or it could be whatever. When, when they tested the first atomic bomb, the day before they went to go test it, there was a guy that was like, Hey, this might ignite the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, I've and heard burn that. everybody to death. It's like so. There's a, there's a there's a credible chance just testing this thing could kill us all, and the powers that be said, "Yeah, it's worth it." Yeah, and yes. tested it. Yes. So that by itself tells me that yeah. other life has existed, other life has tested the atomic bomb, and other life blew themselves up. I mean, could it be anything? Like, um, I read a sci-fi book once where. Some characters found a submarine that was hidden underwater, like derelict, and it had been terrorists had captured the sub, and it was like it's sci-fi, and the sub had a black hole generator that was ready mm-hmm. to go, and this thing it was only through like a whim of fate that the sub crashed underwater and was like frozen under a glacier or some shit like that, but this, the black hole generator was still ready to go, and thousands of years in the future, if this glacier had melted and the sub got jostled at all. All life on Earth would have been destroyed, which is what the terrorists wanted to do because they were like religious fanatics. And they were Muslims. I'll say it. The guy was not a big Muslim fan. It's (laughs) whatever. But we've we've already created black holes at the Hadron Collider. Yeah. Little tiny microscopic black holes. Yeah, that was the thing. But yeah, the the thing is, it's plausible. Muslims fucking doesn't matter. Whatever. There's some fanatics of every stripe that could say, if it's not my way, then it should be no way. And I want to destroy the world. Because people are crazy, and there's yeah, and that 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 makes a deep statement about the nature of sentience is that in order for a life form to evolve, it has to become strong. In order to become strong, it needs competition. So the double-edged sword of competition is 
you become stronger, but you don't lose that reason to become strong, mm -hmm. which is I must crush all opposition. So here's the thing is we may become advanced enough to go to Mars and create a colony. And we may be advanced enough to, you know, build spacecraft that orbit, you know, another planet mm -hmm. that, you know, we, we can colonize outside of Earth. There, more than likely, there will be a day in the next hundred years that we're going to Mars routinely creating a colony. The problem is they'll kill each other too. Yeah. We, you know, life is going to snuff itself out. And that's what keeps happening. And the, the problem with our billions and billions of years that our universe has existed is if we only la if we have only been alive for 10,000 years, if, if mankind has only been, you know, upright and using tools in the last 10,000 years, that's, that's a couple hundred thousand, but still. Well, okay. A couple hundred thousand years. Either, yeah. It's still a blip. Yeah. That's not even a blip. That's not even a blink. No. Yeah. That's so if we on were the timeline of time, yeah, there's it's nothing, you know, in the 40s when we tested the atomic bomb, if that had ignited our, you know, atmosphere and blew the planet completely, you know, devoid of life, the amount of time that life was on our planet, including the dinosaurs, mm -hmm. you know, that I've was heard a blink described. I can't remember the time frames, but basically, if you if you did a thought experiment and, and compress the entirety of the universe's timeline into a 24-hour period, humanity would have arose, you know, two seconds before midnight or something like that. Yeah. Like a second before midnight. You know, something like, to give you a perspective on our place in the universe, mm -hmm. we've been around for an eye blink. That's it. Yeah. So we're imagine imagine that we're existing. Our, the, our ability to look out into the cosmos has lasted a nanosecond. Mm -hmm. And to think that to suggest that we could you know find other life in that small little blip it's doubtful somebody's, somebody's got to be the first somebody's got to be the first civilization to buck the trend and expand and get on out there what could happen eh? we could get to the point where we can genetically engineer ourselves to lose that tribalistic instinct we could find the node in the brain that makes us look at somebody that's different from us and say oh yeah you gotta die I don't like the way you look. We could get rid of that. We could tamp that down. And, and that'll probably and happen. <laughs> probably happen when we exist in artificial intelligence. Well, that's going to have to happen if we're going to have to succeed. I'm sorry. We can't. Like, maybe we could get past it over millions of years of evolution. But if we're going to get anywhere, it's going to have to be genetic engineering. Straight up. Just telling you. Get ready. Well, that's my philosophical point. It reminds me. There was this book I read years ago long before i before i moved out here when i was in grad school don't remember the name of the book don't remember the author so it doesn't help anybody but it was actually a really cool idea about how like you think of when you think of life arising somewhere else in the universe you you, you think of you know something roughly like us multi-celled organisms that even if they're not bipeds you know they have limbs they have mouths and eyes and you know there's something but this had an idea of like a race of beings that colonize most of the universe i think is what it said that had grand civilizations and created great sciences and they looked out on the entirety of the universe and they realized that their universe was, the universe is coming to an end their their ability to live in the universe was coming to an end and as the it was like a chapter it was the, it wasn't the whole book but the, as the chapter went on it's it start talking about how 
the universe was becoming too cold to live in and their society couldn't last. And then it kind of, you know, narratively draws back and lets you know the universe was three days old Yeah, from our timeline. Because these are like microscopic organisms that were basically pure energy that before any stars coalesced, before any dust clouds became solar systems and planets and all nebula and all this stuff. It was just like a big, after, the, after like a couple of days after the Big Bang, it was just been like just microwave radiation and heat and energy and light. And, you know, not, it, and that was the universe then. Life could have existed even at that early stage. And to them, from their perspective, their universe was ancient and their society had been there from time immemorial. But now their way of life was coming to an end because the universe is cooling down. And the universe was a couple of days old. And we're supposed to pick up the, that signal with our telescopes. Yeah. And, anyway. and, and from our perspective, you know, our, our society has been around for 10,000 years. How could it end? We're going into the future. Someday, just because the nature of the universe will change, probably all humanity will die. Yes. And something might arise after it that thrives on a cold, quote unquote, dead universe that can't even understand how we could have even existed in the world that we existed on. They had light and humidity and water in the air and trees and soil. That's poison to us. We can't live like that. That's crazy. You know, I just I, th I thought that concept was always pretty cool. Well, that's that's my philosophical view. That's very good. I did not prepare one this week. I'm sorry. Okay. That's all right. I, I, do you have an unpopular opinion? Because I also didn't prepare one of those. Either. No, but I do have trivia. I have trivia. Well, I always have trivia. Well, let's go to trivia. trivia. All right, let's do some trivia. I got a couple of trivia as part of a theme. I thought I would get oh, you okay. it. A Mine is bit. really quick and 100% guarantee you're not going to get it. Okay, hit me with yours first, I guess. However, I will give you this trivia question because it will appear on your next trivia game when you go to trivia night. Ooh, okay. Hit me. That's just the future me telling you that. Uh, you, you, could, you got the crystal I'm ball. I'm from the future. You broke back that ball like a madman. I got you. Babe Ruth. That's not the future. Famous baseball player. Supposedly. You know, yes. Used to keep something under his baseball cap when he played baseball. His head. Yes! I am so good. <laughs> Aside from his head. He uh, kept something abnormal <laughs> under his head. Have you seen that dude? He was ugly. What did Babe Ruth keep under his cap? A jar of Vaseline. No. That was from Major League. No, that was from that was from Naked Gun. Ha! Yeah. Um, what did he keep under his head? His own rookie card. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, shit. You I was like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Um, a pair of women's underwear. <laughs> no. And he would just take it out periodically and sniff it. And it wasn't anybody he knew. He would just troll the women's bathroom before a game and like wait for somebody to like have a moment where they just like fuck it, I gotta leave these behind, and then run out and he would take them. That's that gross. happens to women's bathrooms, right? People leave their underwear behind? Pretty sure. And he would take them and stick them in his hand, just sniff it every once in a while. Just like pull it out a little bit and go, and then push it back in. And then he would hit home runs. That's a great story, but it's not true. It's true in my mind. And that's all that matters. Are you ready for the answer? Okay. It can't be better than that, though. <laughs> There's no chance it's better than that. A cabbage leaf. That's what they call women's underwear in <laughs> Austria. No. Cabbage leaf? He kept a cabbage leaf under his hat. All these little Austrian lads are trying to get to the cabbage leaf. That's what they say. To keep himself cool. Yeah, yeah. Cabbage leaf. I uh, 
I uh, made myself a salad last night, if you know what I mean, Hans. Yeah, Fritz, you you are the king of the cabbage leaf. So you are the fuhar of the cabbage leaf. When you go to trivia night, they're going to ask you a question, and it's going to have to do with Babe Ruth having a cabbage leaf under his hat. I've been to the future, man. I know. I'm going to say panties, knowing that's not the right answer, but I can't remember the right answer and having it forever linked to my mind. How can you not remember cabbage leaf? I'm going to remember panties. Okay. Maybe Hard green panties, just because. All right. Hit me up with your trivia. All right. Same thing. Babe Ruth. No, just kidding. <laughs> cabbage leaf. All right. We'll start this way, and then we'll go from here. What is the third most popular drink in the world right behind water and tea? Gatorade. Wrong. And that'd be weird. Coffee. The world drank roughly 187 million kiloliters of this in 2012. Coca-Cola. No. And for me, honestly, I'm surprised tea is higher. Milk. Yeah, only Westerners really can drink milk. It's really something only white people can do for the most part. Yeah, mostly. Somewhat. I'm probably wrong. It's probably vaguely racist. Whatever. Anyways. The blood of virgins. Yes. Number three. <laughs> Just blow so it on weird. Once they get the cabbage leaves. <gasps> Urine. Oh, yeah. You ever, you ever have the urge to try that? No. Yeah, me neither. To- totally. Me neither. <laughs> Okay, so this is the third most consumed beverage by everybody in the entire world. You know what? I'll, I'll even give you a huge hint. Think your own personal life. Coffee. Okay, not maybe your own personal life. Dr. Pepper. Think your own personal life 20 years ago? Beer. Beer! There we go. Yeah. Beer is the third most popular drink in the world. So... And tea is ahead of it? Well... Tea, you got a lot of Chinese and Indians and Brits and whatnot drinking tea, I guess. Yes. All the tea in China, as it were. All right, so beer is the theme. Beer would be one of the few things that would be safe to drink if this happened. What is this? Keeping with our theme, I think. Not just beer. Uh, some sort of contamination of radioactive uh, beer. Uh, yeah. If bombs dropped and there was radioactive isotopes there permeating the cell walls, boiling your white blood cells i don't know drinking the beer if a nuke goes off and you're the last person on earth you need to scavenge your food and drink tests have been done to show that um even with a quarter mile from an atomic blast beer came back only mildly radioactive and safe to drink wow just tasted a little worse which holy shit who volunteered to taste it like i get bringing it back and like testing it for radioactivity or whatever but who's like okay i'll take a swig i mean what the well, fuck yeah like i want to turn beer, into a beer monster it's beer all they had to do was put it in the cooler and just be like, hey, free beer. How's that taste? All right. There is, yeah, somebody somewhere will be like, yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm going to market it. I call it Adam Bob. Oh, yeah. Beer. That's the new rage. That's the new uh, <laughs> craft beer. It's going to be slightly radioactive. Slightly radioactive. Safe radioactive. And so if, hey, if people drink IPAs, they'll drink that shit. Yeah, you got that right. Um, okay. There's a beer that's called Black Ivory. How would you think that would be made? If you can't black. get it, it's one of those in retrospect does make sense. Black ivory. It's made from the tears of elephants that have had their tusks removed. You are somewhat close. I'll say this. Okay, I'll say this. It's made with a special coffee called black ivory. The beer is made with a coffee called black ivory. And it comes from the African plains where elephants roam free. And the deer and the antelope. Pl- okay. Uh <laughs> Where they no, dance it, it, carefree. It does have to do with elephant. Elephant shit. It does have to do with elephant shit. 
So they feed the coffee beans to elephants. Their enzymes break down the bean, but don't fully digest it. Then they crap it out. They wash them off. They grind them up, create coffee from it. Yeah, exactly. It's like cat poop coffee with elephants. Cat, cat poop coffee. They get the beans out of the shit. They make the black ivory coffee. And then they brew that coffee into a beer called Un Kono Kuru at 100 bucks a pot. 100 wow. bucks a bottle. If it weren't, uh, would you try it? I'd try it. Hell yeah, I would. I want to try the cat poop coffee, but I'm not a coffee drinker. Just to say I did. <laughs> All right. So there's a fire in Dublin in 1875. Broke out and spread to a malt house, and the heat broke up, and every alcohol barrel flooded the streets. What did the people of Dublin decide to do about this? Get down on their all fours and drink it out of the streets not just drink it out of the streets but they drink it while it's still burning 13 people died from the fire or from alcohol poisoning because they drank the burning whiskey so it's not a beer theme i apologize that's all right those crazy people they're irish they're not gonna let whiskey go to waste right so that is my alcohol related trivia for the knots i like it yes i like the beer me like the beer all right well um I think that we've done this episode justice. We fixed Game of Thrones for you. You're welcome. We could have fixed Last Jedi for you, but I feel like I don't want to beat that painful, painful dead horse anymore. Well, then, there's only one thing left to do. What are we going to do? Sign off. Seinfeld off. (laughs) (laughs) That's our new theme, folks. All right. Well, if you're cool, I'm going to I'm going to sign off. And who are you? Uh this is uh Tom uh Chipmunk Canoe with him. <laughs> yeah. Saying, dip me in your Monday milk. I guess I got to be I have to be Bob Captain Crankshaft Scully. <laughs> <laughs> you did not disappoint. Nice. Saying Oak Nuggins. Oak Nuggins. All right. See you later. Goodbye.